Hi, I'm Lucas James. And I'm Jordan Ross. And we're the co-hosts of How to Scale an Agency. After scaling our own agencies to over $185,000 per month in sales and working with agencies doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like Hawk Media and Neil Patel, we've made this show to interview the top digital marketing agency owners and highlight the fastest ways to scale your agency. If you'd like to join the best digital marketing agency community on the planet and let us help you scale, go to agencygo.io to sign up today. Hey, how's it going? But I'm going to be diving into a lot of stuff today. Um, This is our weekly marketing agency millionaires channel. And I'm here to help you guys grow and scale. I see Dami just um, raised her hand. So uh, if you have anything you want to talk about, let me actually uh, let you ask right now. And then guys, if anyone was here for last week's session, just for some context, I was able to build uh, my business Twiz. If you go to Twiz.io, check it out. Last year, we did $1.72 million in revenue. This year, we're on track to do about two to three. I'm currently 27 years old, but I got to $1 million in revenue at 23. And then since then, I've been moving myself out of the day-to-day operations of the agency, focusing more on software. And I'm here to teach you guys all how to do it yourself. It's actually pretty easy to do if you stick to a plan. So this is an opportunity for us to all learn from each other. So just to give you guys some groundwork of basically how all this worked, I launched my agency in 2018. I didn't have any funding or any background in agency uh, work at all. I had no portfolio, nothing. And the way that I was able to actually get clients was I focused on giving a ton of value in the form of free SEO analysis. I've I've probably done about like a thousand of these now at this point, probably more. Uh, But what I did to stand out was I would email people and I'd say, hey, can I do, I did a free uh, SEO analysis audit of your brand. Do you want to see it? And then everyone obviously said yes, because they were getting uh, so much free value. And then from that, I knew the ratio of people that would watch the video and then start talking to me and then want to work with us. And so we pretty much got it down that for every 20 videos that we made, we would get one meeting booked. And every video took us about three minutes maybe to do, like beginning to end. They're very short videos, very informative. And what we would do is we would share our screen and basically look at Ahrefs. If you guys are familiar with that at all, it's a really good tool for doing analysis of of different websites. I would share my screen and I'd basically say, here's how your website is performing. Here's how much better it could be performing. Here's what your competitors are doing. This is why you're not doing as well as you could be doing. And they would see that and they'd go, oh crap, I really need you guys. They'd book a meeting with us and they would actually get results quicker because they already had insight into how their brand was doing. They didn't have to guess that was already part of the onboarding process. All these things were lined up for us before we even started working together. So that was a key piece to our growth strategy. What I did then was I started to remove myself from the actual day-to-day of the sales process. I hired additional sales reps and I got them really good at prospecting. I had about 10 individual sales reps who would actually go and send out these analyses for me. I did this back when LinkedIn was at its peak um, in terms of how many connection requests you could send out. You guys, maybe some of you have heard of this guy. There's this dude named Josh Vector who was really big in like the LinkedIn space until his LinkedIn account got banned. I wasn't pushing as hard as he was. That's why my account never got banned on LinkedIn. Um, but I definitely was sending out connection requests. And what I did was I wouldn't just spam people. I would lead with the value that I'm describing here. And I would say, hey, would you like a video analysis? And this whole idea of sending video analysis, it just came to me one day. I didn't, I didn't sit down with a guru or anything like that. I just tested something. I was like, oh, wow, this is exactly what my audience wants to see. They want to see me make 
a video analysis for them. And this is the point I want to get across to all of you guys because it's probably a mistake you're making consistently with your outbound lead gen. And I know because we have a series that I do on YouTube I just started called Spam or Not Spam. And I review all the emails that are ending up my spam folder. And I tell the viewers whether or not I consider it to actually be spam or whether or not it's actually a good pitch or a good offer. And consistently, the bad offers are the ones where the end is literally always the same. It is, do you have 15 minutes to hop on a call? And the answer is, that is extremely boring, no. Nobody cares. At the end of the day, nobody really cares about hopping on a call with you. In fact, it makes their head explode because it's a, such a, to most people, hopping on a call with a random person is like hearing uh, somebody's long fingernails scraping against a chalkboard. No one wants to be part of it or around it. It's horrible. And most people have no idea because they think, oh, wow, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting them to say yes. And maybe my amount of people that are saying yes is really low, but still I'm getting meetings booked. So it all is worthwhile. And the problem with that is that you have no idea what your opportunity cost is. Like most people have absolutely no clue how much they're missing out on. Because the reality is that if you actually had a good offer instead of just asking people to meet with you and some crap like that, then you would get probably 10 out of 100 people to want to meet with you, which is like 10 times higher. And look, this is not a, I'm learning a lot of this retroactively because I got the agency to the size it is now. And I started to listen to people like Alex Hermosi and all this stuff. And I realized that that's what he did too, is he would just create an offer that was so good from the pitch, the outbound pitch, that people would have to say yes, because it would be stupid for them not to. And in a lot of ways, that outbound pitch offer, like the SEO video analysis I described to you at the beginning of this call, that is completely different than my service. Because my service, I don't do SEO video analyses. We do SEO work for people, but I don't do video analyses. It's completely different, right? And if, if I led with, hey, I'd love to do some SEO work for you. Do you have 15 minutes to talk about how, much, how great we are and how much we can do for SEO for your business? They wouldn't hop on a phone with me. And that was the difference in the offer. And so I, I've learned all these things sort of retroactively. But for you guys, and I'm happy to, if anyone wants to, I'm happy to workshop one right now for you guys. Feel free to you know raise your hand and we can workshop an offer right now um, live. But basically... The thing is that most of you guys are leading with your service as the offer in your outbound message, and that's incorrect. Nobody cares about that. And most often, it's probably ending up in spam, to be real, because Google knows what to look for with an outbound pitch. And if you're following the exact same format with your outbound messages, they're going to put it in spam. LinkedIn's going to put it into a higher risk of spam. Uh, all these other platforms know what to look for because all the outbound people are doing is just repeating and regurgitating the exact same formula that gets them into trouble to begin with, right? And so you have to be different. So I'm gonna name a couple different ways to get meetings that everyone says yes to and that leads to sales, right? So another way is um, a sales cast, right? You guys might've heard of this. It's a really smart way to get meetings and also to get sales. The reason it's called a sales cast is because you don't start off saying, hey, I have, I don't know, uh, I do Instagram organic content as a service. Do you have 15 minutes to learn how I can help you? Just erase that from your mind because it sucks. It honestly sucks. Uh, it's a horrible way to get meetings. And the thing is, what you should be saying is, hey, I have a podcast and I have about 2,000 people who listen to this, assuming that you've already grown it for a bit. You could even do this if you haven't grown it because people want, people want exposure and they're willing to meet with you even if you don't have a huge audience. But let's say that's the case, right? And let's say that you have at least a thousand people. You could say, hey, I'd love to have you listen to my show or come on the show and interview you for free. And that's it. And then what happens is inside the Calendly, if you use a Calendly link or HubSpot link or whatever, you ask them a very specific question, which is, 
after the call, do you have 10 minutes to hear what I have to do? And the thing is, there, you can give them the out. You don't have to get people to say yes on that form that they want to hear your pitch. But the thing is that people will respect you and they'll like you so much that just the fact they're getting free exposure, they want to return the favor. So they're willing to hear you out. And then from there, you just play the percentages game. That's what people don't realize. It's like when you go into McDonald's and McDonald's is offering you the dollar menu. And what they really are doing is they know that a certain amount of people are going to upgrade to the higher prices, but they're offering the dollar menu because it's like, oh crap, this is a dollar. It's so cheap. I could get some food for basically nothing. And that is how you need to start thinking about your agency and your business. It's nothing, it's nothing to do with the service because there's nothing unique about your service. Usually for most people, there's nothing unique. And the problem with most marketing agencies is most marketing agencies have no idea just how boring their service actually is. They have no clue. They think it's so unique. They think it's so cool. And then they just regurgitate the exact same patterns as everyone else. And that's the biggest problem. So if you're actually going to grow your business, you need to think right now, is your actual offer uniquely good? And even if it's separate from what you actually do as a service, meaning like it's a podcast interview, or it's a free video on it, or I'm going to literally this, this works really well too. You could say, I will pay you $75 to hop on a call with me. I know that sounds crazy, but trust me, I've tested it and it works, right? So there's weird stuff like that you can do that has nothing to do with your offer, but you have to stand out. And I'm telling you, if you just lead with, can you hop on a free consultation with me? It's going to fail. Like it's going to fail. Like don't, don't do that. Uh, it's a bad idea. And if it's working for you, it's working with you and you're losing so much opportunity because you don't even realize how bad the offer is and you're just doing it over and over again because 90% of people don't realize how bad their offers actually are. So that's something to consider. Now, I want to go into another piece of this, which is sort of what allowed us to get to the million dollar agency really quickly was I formed partnerships like crazy. I just, I gave everybody a 30% lifetime commission on our services, like it was 30% lifetime. And uh, that was not a good idea, to be honest. I don't think you should do that because it's a lot of a cut of your uh, services. And on top of that, when you're giving people a referral commission, like other agencies or partners and stuff, I never suggest lifetime because let's say someone crushes it for you and they're doing, you know, like 10 referrals a month and they're getting, and they finally get to a point where they're making 10K a month, they're gonna stop trying to hustle for you. They're not gonna keep sending you business. So I always put a 12 month term on all my commission because then I know that they're going to continuously on an evergreen fashion, continue to get me business because their commission is going to drop and drop and drop until it's eventually zero if they do nothing. Right. So anyways, I cut all these people in. And what I did was I realized from a very early age that if I just gave people a cut of everything that I did, I could grow so much faster and it would sort of raise everything up quicker than if I were to just do it alone, right? And so that was a big thing for us. And so we had about 10 to 20 people that were just kind of like business consultants, solopreneurs, all sorts of stuff. And basically what they did is they would, you know, they would basically come in and, and they'd say, hey, I have all these people in my network. I'd love to send them somewhere. I'd love to send them to your marketing agency. Can I get a cut of any of this? And I'd say, yeah, sure. You can get a 30% commission on any of the deals you send us. And then the deals just came in. Now let's say you're starting from scratch. I know a lot of my audience and people who listen to the stuff and listen to the show, they're, they're actually newer, right? They're, they're newer businesses or newer agencies. And if that's you, and this works even for non-new agencies like aged agencies, but let's say that's you, what will typically happen if you're just starting your outbound sales process is you will get sales from outbound 
And around month six, you'll start to see an increase in sales of about 50 to 100% naturally if and only if you spend about five to 10 minutes every day connecting two different people to each other and forming partnership relationships. Because what happens is all that compounded goodwill then is returned to you. And at a certain point, you start to get all these referrals back, right? And it's not all just compounded goodwill. It's also just people are making money off of your business. So they're going to start sending it to you eventually. Sometimes it happens sooner than later. But the idea is then you can remove yourself from the business. And so I kind of want to go into the last piece here. Uh, and then if anyone has any questions, feel free to chime in. I know a lot of people just like listening to this. But um, if you have questions, feel free. I'm happy to talk to you about anything with your agency. But the last thing I'll touch on here is basically how I'm thinking about taking my agency from $2 million in revenue to $100 million in revenue, like what the next steps are and what I think you should do for your agency to get there as quickly as possible. Um, and that is to either to do one of two different things. So assuming that you've already removed yourself from the day-to-day -day operations of the agency, and I, could, I can go into that too if you guys want, but I'm just assuming that you're about to get to that point and you're finally there or you're really close to getting there or you have a plan to get there and you have other people doing all the management, the sales, the product, everything. If you've gotten to that point, then what you need to do, and I'm, I'm telling you, this is, this is a huge lifesaver. I mean, has saved me so much time uh, doing it this way is one social media, like definitely that's a given. So I'm not even gonna really touch on that, like make content. I don't even sell content as a service, but you should do it because it's so freaking valuable and I'm kicking myself every day for not starting on it sooner. So just, just take this from me, do it. I mean, it's like the smartest thing you could possibly do is just create an enormous amount of content every single week or month or whatever. Now, the, the, the two other things you should do though is either create a course or create a, uh, a software. Now, a lot of people are not technical or they're not interested in becoming technical because I don't believe that there's technical and non-technical people. I just think there's people who are not yet technical, right? So for a lot of people, there's, there's a, sort of a difference. But if you're not interested in building a software, which is the best thing for you to do, in my opinion, if you're interested, if you're not interested in that, the second best thing you can do, and you can do a combination of these two as well, but the second best thing would be to start a course. Now, a lot of people get hung up on courses because they're like, oh man, I don't want to, I don't even know if I have enough knowledge for courses. How am I going to actually return this favor to people and actually get paid to actually teach them how to do stuff? Well, I'll use an example of a guy I actually see on, um, on Twitter, who you guys might see too. He's got a pretty big Twitter following. And I guess his course, he's like 22 years old or something, has already made $200,000 or something. Pretty crazy stuff. His name's Easlo, at E-A-S-L-O. Um, I don't know this guy personally. Uh, I'm assuming it's a guy I actually don't know uh, from the photo. It looks like uh, it's a man. But the thing is that he uh, basically does notion templates and he sells his like the course on how to make better notion templates, how to make money building notion templates for people. And I just like vicariously see his content every now and then. And the thing is, if you guys look at him as an example, this is this is a guy who probably had never sold anything before he launched his course or very little. And he now has 100,000 followers on Twitter or something crazy like that, just by telling people about how to build notion courses. And the reason why is because look, I doubt that he spent the last decade since he was 12 years old learning notion, because I don't even think notion has been around for that long. I think what it really was, was he found a hot industry or hot topic. And he just started documenting everything that he was doing. He bundled up and he basically just gave it to people. Because with a lot of marketing agencies, like the one of the other big opportunity costs people have 
outside of just not having a good offer, like outside of just having a trash offer for their outbound. The other thing is just um, the biggest opportunity cost is not bottling up their excess assets and, and, and things that they don't use, which are like any notes that they've taken on how to scale, any documentation, any templates, any structures, any systems, any videos, SOPs, anything, and, and, and just not packaging that up and reselling it, right? Like that's a huge miss on so many agencies or even just businesses in general. No matter what service business you have, you could always launch something like this. And really you should, the reason you get freaked out, I'm sure, by having a course is because when people hear the word course, they immediately think, oh, I have to be the best in the world at this. I'm never gonna have the time to make an amazing course. How am I gonna do this? The, the, looking at it like that is, is completely false. The way you should be looking at it instead is you should be thinking of it as, like I said before, documentation is literally saving people time. That is what people pay for. They pay for a way to save time. So I've now at this point, I think I've actually, because I, I launched some of my courses at the beginning of this year, I think we actually have crossed about $200,000 in course sales um, since we launched it as well. Uh, and I can just tell you that I just started by putting all of my material in one place, literally. I didn't spend time making a course. I just took all the stuff that I had made over the years for my own team and said, hey, this is how we grew. It's all on a Google folder now. One of the most popular things that I did that got us like, uh, I think, 1400 email subscribers in 24 hours was some of you guys might have even accessed it is uh, all of our outbound copy scripts for our lead gen process. I just took the scripts that have worked and I put it in a Google folder and I said, hey, this is something I'm giving away for free. Click here if you want access to it. And then that was a great thing to get people into the funnel to then sell them on our actual course and on the software that I built. And so really what I would say for you guys is just go through your Google Doc or your Drive, or your Coda, or your Notion, or your YouTube videos you make for yourself, or whatever it is, and start putting them into some place that is then gated, and that is your course. And literally just sell it to people. That's all you need to do. Like, don't overthink it. If you don't have this, it's gonna slow down the growth of your agency so much, because the thing is that most people, uh, they don't realize that their agency is actually incredibly inefficient from an operational standpoint. And what I mean by this is, there are moving pieces that are constantly shifting, like shifting sands in a way, that are constantly moving underneath your business that are completely outside of your control because humans are outside of your control. Humans have all their own whims and desires and things and they make mistakes. I make mistakes, everybody makes mistakes. And because of this, it's not predictable, it's not scalable. And until you build a course or you build a software, again, like I said before with the outbound messaging, you just don't know how much opportunity you're missing. And that's because you haven't figured out the opportunity cost, and you haven't built something that is capitalizing on excess assets that you don't currently monetize. It's something that you really need to dial in. And again, a course is the same. You can update it every now and then, but it, the value is the same for a very long time. It's not gonna change. And just that extra like $100 a month in profit, let's say, if it's a subscription, is a huge deal. It's a huge deal for growth. To put this in perspective, like the course that I have, which is bundled in with the software we have, we just hit, $24,000 in recurring revenue from that course. And then I think we're about to hit 30,000 gross. It was eight months ago, right? I mean, this is just recurring revenue and the margins are like 98%. <laughs> it's insane, right? So I would just really recommend that you guys do this. It's, it's so, 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 so critical. I'm gonna wrap up here with just like, hey guys, if you have a question, now's the time to ask because I'm going to be wrapping up and I'm going to be doing these every Wednesday. If you guys are curious, I'm actually going to be moving the time to 12. I see Maverick just requested something. So I'm going to, I'm going to call you up, I think, but I think you just, oh, 
yeah, you just requested it. I think you have to request it again, Maverick, but I'm going to be doing this every Wednesday uh, at 12 p.m. PST. I'm going to be moving it to 12. And then um, I also want to let you guys know that if you are a lead gen agency or you know someone who's a lead gen agency, I am looking to basically find lead gen agencies that I pay to send more leads to my agency. So if you're interested in that, just DM me or even comment below on this post or something. Just let me know because uh, we're paying out up to $10,000 per month for lead gen agencies or any agencies that maybe get leads for like email marketing, SEO, whatever. Uh, we're building a huge marketplace within Twiz. We have over 2,300 pages on the site right now and over 450 agencies in that community. And I want to be like the Amazon of digital marketing services. I built the software myself and I'm looking for lead gen agencies who can help us increase the amount of leads in the marketplace. The same way that like Uber has drivers and you know, it increases the supply of drivers in the system. If you're a lead gen agency or anything like that, or you just have a lot of people you talk to that are constantly looking for marketing services, like let's just say it's your own clients or something like that, I'm paying people for this. So hit me up if you want to make uh, up to $10,000 in affiliate commission and potentially even more um, for sending me leads and uh, I will pay you for it. Um, so it's like completely unconditional. And there's no catch. I just need more leads for this because there's tons of people asking for them. And I have a lot of agencies that we're providing leads to right now, but I'm trying to get even more. I'm trying to like ramp this up to, you know, tens of thousands of leads per month, divvied out to hundreds of agencies, maybe even thousands one day. So I'm going to end on that note. Uh, I'll give you guys like 10 more seconds if, if there's anyone who wants to come up and ask. I think Maverick, you just popped back in. I know you requested it. Feel free to ask again if you want to do it. Anybody? Oh, actually, Oz, you just, you just requested. I'm just going to, I'm going to accept you. I'm going to do that right now. All right. Hey, it looks like you guys have requested. John, I'll add you as well. Feel free to hop on in. You guys got questions? What's up? Feel free to unmute yourself if you want to ask. Hi, this is Lucas James. Are you struggling to get meetings booked with potential prospects for your agency? I'll tell you what, when I first started, I had the same issue, but I was able to A-B test hundreds of different variations of copy on multiple channels and figured out a secret formula to convert anyone from anywhere into taking a meeting with me. I've mastered this approach and now my agency, Twiz, books meetings on autopilot. Last year, we booked 1,731 meetings, closed 234 accounts, and generated $1.72 million in revenue. I want the same thing for your agency, so I've decided to give away some of my best performing outbound copy scripts for free. That's right, absolutely free. If you want to transform your business for free, go to agencygo.io forward slash leads to get your free lead scripts today. That's agencygo.io forward slash leads. Now back to the show. Hey, Lucas, thanks so much for letting me up. It might be a basic question, but I think that the most interesting part of, you know, building an agency is yeah. how do you, like, what, what do you recommend the first uh, three to five steps, three are fine, you know, that you should take when you're going from a freelancer, you know, to actually building your agency. Cause I think I see a lot of that, you know, I see like that, that transition, that little transition is just, yeah, 100%. It's, it's, it's a big one, you know, for a lot of people. So 100%. Like, how do you do it? And, and what do you recommend? Yeah. So the first thing is I would say you have way more knowledge than, you know, and I'm not saying that to be patronizing. I'm saying that because when I first started, I thought I had very little knowledge and, um, I should never have thought that because even when I was a freelancer, because I had a, a few 
months as a freelancer, I'd invested so much time into learning the things that I that I knew uh, for marketing that I should have immediately right out of the gate started with the course. Because here's the thing, guys, if you have a course, uh, and I don't sell like course creation services or anything, I'm just telling you, it's like, so important. But the thing is, if you have a course, and you can nail that right from the beginning, then everything else is just like butter, because if you can get that to work, the people from that course are going to buy your services, right? They're going to see you as an established authority. So I would first start off there. Secondly, what I would do, so so I wouldn't actually go traditional marketing agency services route first. I would see if the knowledge you have can be packaged up into a course and sold. That's the first thing I would do. If you want to go software, cool, but that's very complex. It's totally, it's a lot easier now with no code. I've spent over like 3,000 hours developing the last 18 months. So like I've, I taught myself and I think anyone can, but I think it's a little more time commitment, obviously. So if that's not on the agenda, course, start there. Secondly, social post, like literally post uh, 20 times a day. I'm not kidding. Like it sounds like a lot, but people always say to me, how are you getting so many results from social? I post and I never get anything. And I mean, you probably heard this. I know it's regurgitated information on the web, but like you just have to do more. Like it's always just more. And social media is a direct response. It is a direct response platform. It, it, you immediately can post something and get a response. And that's the thing that people don't realize is that like today, I, I mentioned the lead gen thing in a tweet. I got like 18 people saying, yes, I'd love to help you with lead gen, right? So it's a direct response thing. It's not like a it's not like something that takes uh, months and months and months. It's just you have to accelerate the curve of adoption for your listeners. If you post more often, you'll get cross promotion and you'll start to get more people actually consuming your content on a daily basis and you become more trusted and then you can get conversions easily. I literally am about to book 100 meetings just from my Twitter account this month and 200 from all my social and I've only been doing it for eight months and I spend like maybe $500 a month on ads total like across all my social, right? So it's cost me only $2,000 a month right now to book 100 uh, or 200 meetings. So my cost per meeting is like $10. And that's because of social. Before it was like $100 or $150. But because of social, it's dropped like crazy. So that's the second thing I would do. The third thing that I would do is I would start selling, obviously, and get these people on the program. But before even selling, I would focus so much on the product. Because it depends on like how much heartache you want to go through trying to scale your agency. But if you want to do it easily, you should try to build a great product from the beginning. And you have to always assume that most agencies' products, just like they're outbound and just like other things, are not that good because agencies are, and I hate this word, I used to use it all the time and I realized how bad and dumb it was to use this word all the time. But I was super proud of having a traditional agency because I was like, oh yeah, we're a traditional agency. We're making so much cash flow. It's awesome. But the problem with having a quote unquote traditional agency is that you're really just copying other people's systems. A good product is not a copycat. A good product is something that's so good that people will tell 20 of their friends about it because it's so freaking good. So I would start there. I'd make a great product because it can't be replicated easily. And if you guys all want to know, this is my formula. I probably didn't come up with it, but it's something that I thought of recently. If you want to know if your product is good, literally just measure how many people are talking about it. That is it. Start an affiliate program. And the more affiliates you can get, that's if your product is good. People always have all these subjective ways to describe if a product is good. It's a bunch of baloney, like I think, because you might be able to describe something as a good product and, and have some truth to just a subjective assessment. But really, objectively, it's just how many people are telling other people about your product. If you can get that dialed in, your product is good.
objectively. So that is all you should do is just measure the virality of your product. And that is the level of uh, achievement your product has reached from a product perspective. That's how you should think about it. So hopefully that was helpful, Oz. I think I'm going to move on to, uh, I think John was the a response, uh, the little green dot there. <laughs> I don't know your name, but response is in here. So I think he was the second person. So I'll move on to him. But thank you so much, Oz. I appreciate it. How are you doing, Lucas? Thank you for uh, getting me up there. Great spaces you're hosting right now. Super knowledgeable and uh, super valuable as well. I just wanted to, I'll be super quick, wanted to let you know that we're a lead gen service as well and oh. love to talk more. So I sent you over a DM and if you want to talk more, then I love it, man. Know. We'll have a lot to talk about. Thank you. I appreciate Perfect. it. If you have any questions, feel free to ask. Uh, I'm assuming no, but we'll, uh, we'll talk. So thank you. For sure. I'll see you soon. All right. And then, uh, John, I think you were next. And then, uh, Carson, who's, uh, always an OG on this. I'll actually make you, I know Carson, we've been talking about moderating this together. Let me actually add you as a moderator while John asks his question. Um, John, you got anything for us? Yes. Thanks Lucas for taking my question. You touched on it in the beginning and I think I missed a little bit of it, but I just want to know a little bit more about, um, doing site audits and sending videos to get new clients. So just to give you a little background information, Lucas, I'm starting a new SEO agency. Um, I've never really had an SEO agency. I've just, you know, done SEO work for myself and, you know, freelancing basically for friends and stuff. And I'm really good at it. And I have a niche that I want to work in and I'm in the industry. So I know it very well, but Mm -hmm. the people, my customers, my potential customers, I really have to prove to them, you know? So I, can you just touch a little bit more on, you know, the, the video audit you could do? Yeah, hundred percent. And I'll actually, I'll link it in the, um, the comments of this, uh, this, this, uh, live recording. I'll probably, I know people have been asking for it. So I'll, after this, I'll put it in the comments. Cause I actually Thank have you. a whole, I have a whole folder of when I used to do these that are just like literally examples of analyses that I did that made me like tens of thousands of dollars. Um, and I'll tell you why they work. So the reason it works, at least for SEO, because SEO is a very data-driven thing, is with SEO, you know, you can show them. And this also works for ads companies too, just so you know. Um, but for SEO, you can like show them just how bad their rankings are. Because a lot of times people have no idea how bad they're doing because they've never looked at it before. They just literally have never looked. So what you do is when you share, the steps I would tell you is uh, share your screen. Um, get Ahrefs. I think it's like 90 bucks. I'm not an affiliate. I just used it a lot when I was scaling uh, and still do um, the base plan. And then just pull up a competitor's website and then pull up their website, go to the pages section and the keyword section and just say, Hey, uh, you know, John, I was looking at your website and I noticed that you guys are only getting like 10 visitors a month. Like, uh, you know, it's very low considering how long you guys have been in business and I was looking, you guys aren't even ranking for any of the keywords that you have on your website. Like that's a huge red flag for a lot of your customers because when they search for something, they're not going to find you, which is going to lower your credibility a lot. Um, and if you cut, if you juxtapose that with your competition, they're doing way better than you in these categories. And just so you know how bad this is, they're basically, you know, and the, the cool thing about Ahrefs, Ahrefs, I'll say as an aside, is Ahrefs will quantify um, how much potential spend they're saving for a particular keyword. So it'll say like, okay, this keyword, like uh, let's say digital marketing is like $50 a click or something. And then it will multiply the amount of traffic for that keyword by the potential cost of that keyword. And so you can tell them, you can say, hey, look, your competition is literally crushing you because 
they're saving like $10,000 a month in potential ad spend and getting all that for free. And you have to pay for this or you're not even getting any of this, but you could be, you could be getting $10,000 a month in free advertising from SEO if you actually invested in SEO. And that freaks them out. And it's not a lie. It's not like a unethical thing. It's true. You're just sharing with them data. And that's the key. I will say this, John, is kind of like a final point. If you have any follow-up questions, let me know. But I will say that the key really is, as, as you might have heard over and over again, it's show, don't tell. The number of times I closed big deals in my life just by pulling up, pulling up Ahrefs and literally just opening up a bunch of our clients' uh, Ahrefs, which is all public information, and then uh, just showing them how well they're doing. It, it was so easy. I literally just overwhelmed them with data. I would just be like, oh yeah, no, this company, this company, this company, this company, this company, this company, look at how they're doing. They would see all the reports simultaneously and be like, wow, that's incredible. So I didn't really even need to like know a lot. That's part of the reason I was able to grow because I had a lot of experience, but I definitely wasn't the best SEO person in the market. Like I'm sure there was better at the time, but I just had some, I knew that if I just showed people numbers, they would say, oh, wow, that's incredible. Like, how'd you get this? They think I'm smart because I have the data. Like, that's the big aha moment. A lot of times people just don't have access to the data, so they just associate the smartness of that tool with you. And that's the yeah. key. So. Well, I got a question then. Um, mm -hmm. For example, if I did this and I recorded like a, a Loom video and, yeah. you know, I'm, you know, I'm showing going through, you know, hey, this is where we can improve. This is your competitor. But after I, I make that video, um, are you reaching out via LinkedIn and introducing yourself and then saying, hey, you know, click on this link? Are you doing something like that? Or are you yeah. getting, starting a conversation, getting their email and then emailing or sending that video link? Fantastic question. So I, this is actually something everyone should think about a lot. There's a, there's a, a, a method, which is not, you know, super complex, but it's just a way of thinking about things. I call it the triple touch. And um, it basically means for anyone you contact, you want to hit them up on LinkedIn, email, and phone. And you want to just do that for everyone. Because uh, they will, a lot of times, and this is a problem I see, because I mean, like I, like I mentioned before, we have a leads marketplace. So we'll, when we'll send like a lead to someone, I'll um, see them respond. And they'll like respond to the prospect. And I can tell which ones are going to get the deal and which ones aren't. Because if somebody just sends like one email response, they're not going to get the deal. Like it's just going to fall through. But um, if they call, and hit them up on LinkedIn and email, and they're persistent, they're gonna get that meeting book because the person who submitted the information or who's interested, they're interested for a reason because they have a, a need, right? But they get busy, they get distracted. So LinkedIn, email, phone number, always, like always do it. Um, and I would say I'm not a huge fan of people going past no, like I think that's kind of dumb. I know some people think that's like good sales, but I think it's not. Uh, I don't think you should push people past when they say no, to be honest. like. If someone tells you no, don't force it. But until they say no, you can you can send them. You know, you can send them messages. Like you can call them. They usually they're just busy, right? So just go until the point of no. Don't be a jerk and just like keep calling them relentlessly. No one likes that. Just be respectful, but until they say no, just keep going. That's your that's your window. It's very rare that anyone in this chat or anyone I talk to actually gets all the way to no. That's the biggest thing. A lot of times people will go until like, uh, maybe, and then they stop. But like, you need to go till no, until they explicitly tell you like, I'm not interested. And then be respectful, don't be a jerk, but like, you should hit them up on all places, so. Awesome, thank you. Um, 
If I could, one more question if nobody else yeah. has one. Um, yeah. When you're talking about posting, you're talking, you said post 20 times a day, but say I posted two times a day. Me, I can't comprehend, not comprehend, but I don't have any good ideas on what to post for SEO. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it seems kind of boring. So what are you posting? Can you give me some examples of what to post? Yeah, hundred um, percent. So I would say that for SEO, you need to know your audience. Um, and so I actually had a question from one of our members in our group. Uh, he actually asked me, he said, Hey, uh, what about, um, you know, my audience is mostly like other digital marketing agencies. Is it still useful to talk about SEO? And, um, I actually run into this problem too, cause we do SEO and when people come to our website and they want to work with us for marketing, cause I still have my marketing agency, even though we're now a software as well. Um, they'll, they'll come for Legion. Like that's what they come for. But what ends up happening is they realize they also need SEO. So we like cross sell them into SEO and that's when they stay forever. They stay for like years. And um, what we started doing recently is we include a small SEO package into every deal we do. Like we're talking 150 bucks, like very small a month. And it's just like maintenance kind of. And it shows them the value of the service. And then we tie everything that we do from an SEO perspective into sales. So instead of saying, we're going to do blog posts for you, we're going to like, optimize your, I don't know, your keywords and stuff. Instead of what we say is we, we say, um, this is a content calendar, which you can, we can make into blogs, but you can also take this content and turn it into social. And we're going to actually write some blog articles for you that you can post on social to get direct response leads. And taking it from that perspective, that's when talking about SEO is usually interesting to most business owners because a lot of times people hear SEO and they're following someone for SEO on social, they're usually following them as a SEO person. But if, or, or an e-commerce person I found, but if you're targeting service businesses, and that's like a main focus for a lot of agencies, then the key is really tying it to sales because everyone wants that immediate result. If you, if you let it linger and you don't tie it to sales fast enough in your posts, it's, it's gonna be very difficult to catch people's attention. So you need to be the guy who basically ties how SEO and organic gets you direct sales. And that's from social really, because most SEO takes time for most businesses. And so if you can make it like a social play, they're gonna be a lot more interested. Uh, hopefully that helps, John. Thank you so much. Actually, you gave me an amazing idea. So thank you so much, appreciate it. No worries. And, and Carson, I, I know you're up here. Uh, feel free to introduce yourself. And then also Jason, uh, Polar Bear, uh, over there in the top corner, he's at the Polar Bear Image. I, I know you're part of the group, so if you wanted to talk, feel free. Otherwise, feel free to listen. But uh, Carson, did you have anything you wanted to uh, add? Yeah, just to add on that, if I were you, John, I would look at the people who are have like a really niche down audience and what they're doing, like Lucas said, take a unique angle, and then honestly, just repurpose their content if you can. Don't just flat out steal it, but look at their content, figure out how can I make this slightly better? How can I make this slightly more in tune with my audience and you'll never really run out of ideas if you can do that i know i don't create a ton of content so i might be a bit biased lucas i'm more so going <laughs> through the i'm more so going through it myself but that's the advice that i found at least for generating ideas yeah but you're the pr guy pr is important that's the thing so i can't find anyone that does pr content it's crazy yeah i know it's it's actually really important um Definitely. So I, I don't, uh, is it Unaboard Henry? Did I pronounce that correctly? 
Um, I know you just requested. So, and if anyone else wants to ask any questions, I'm happy to answer anything that helped you get to a $2 million run rate. Um, that's my goal. Uh, that's what we were able to do. So, um, feel free to ask now. Um, but yeah, feel free to ask Unibor. I, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's correct. I really enjoy the, the class. I really appreciate it. So my question is, what if I offer IG content creation? How would I structure the offer? Like how would I use yeah. this method? Yeah, hundred percent. So let's, let's unpack what people want when they're thinking about like, IG content, right? So assuming that you take your, cause what happens is a lot of people think that, okay, so here's the issue. A lot of people think that their service alone is unique enough to pique someone's interest. And the problem is that the service alone isn't because the service is ubiquitous. Like agencies are ubiquitous thing. It's not like software, like software is a lot of times pretty unique and so is e-commerce products, but services are pretty much just regurgitated over and over again by most agencies, right? And so just creating IG content is not going to make someone's like, if you said, I'll make IG content for you, it's not going to make someone peek their ears up and say, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, it's just too vanilla. Like everyone does it. Right. But let's unpack what they want when you do IG content. Okay. There's a couple of things. Um, one, people want creative, right? That's what they want. They want something creative. They want like a, like an actual, something they can share with their audience. They want exposure, right? These are like some underlying needs that they want. They want validation. They want a free exposure. So they want to pay for it a lot of the times. Uh, and that's, those are the things that are going to pull the, the, the strings for you and get them more interested in actually wanting to work with you. And so let's, 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 let's remove the fact that you actually do IG content as a service. And let's say you came to me and you said, hey, Lucas, I will create three pieces of content for you for free. You don't pay me anything. I will create these for free. I'll send them to you. And that's it. To completely take the offer out of the equation in terms of your service, just leave it like that. I would be an idiot not to say yes, right? Because even if you did bad content, let's say, um, I would still want to know. Like I, I would still want to know how good the content was. As a human being, I would want to have, I have curiosity about how good the content is. Now, let's say the content is good, which I'm assuming it is right? Um, if it's good, then it's a, it's a statistics play at that point. It's just pure math. If you do it for enough people, and let's say one out of 10 say, yes, this is awesome. Then, then you hit them with the offer, right? But too many people lead with the offer and then get no's and then they wonder why. They're like, why am I getting rejected all the time? It's because just doing IG content is not interesting. Everyone does it. Like everyone does content. Everyone does marketing. Like it's a, it's not an interesting thing. I'll leave with this note and then I'll move on to the next person. But like, think about Uber, right? Whatever you guys think about Uber, I know it's a very controversial company, but how they got started was uh, the, I forgot his name, but whoever is the founder, he just cold called people. And he was like, hey, if I just brought like basically taxis or like limos, sorry, if I brought limos to come pick you up from wherever you are and you basically paid less than a taxi, would you want it? Right. And everyone said yes, because it was in, in theory, it was a better experience than what they had done. And the reason it worked is because the product, the thing they're offering was unique. There was no one really doing that. Right. But there's a lot of people doing IG content and that's a saturated thing. So there's no product uniqueness. And that's why no one will talk about it. No one's going to turn around and tell their friend, Hey, Unibor does, um, 
you know, uh, IG content just off the bat. But if, 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 it, if the offer was, hey, I'll do three pieces of IG content for free, they're going to tell everyone about it. And then you're going you're gonna to have an opposite problem from getting rejected. You're going to have a demand problem. Too many people are going to be asking you for it. And then you're going to have to cut it off, which is even better because if you cut off supply, you increase demand. So if you're getting all these people to say yes, just cut off the supply and say, oh, I'd love to, but I have like 10 other people asking me for that, which creates FOMO, which then makes it more likely that they're going to want your service. So that's how I do it. Um, Jason, I know that you've been waiting. Uh, love to have you chime in here if you have a question. Yeah, uh, I think his name was Travis Kalanick um, from Uber. Oh, that's right. Um, but my question is, and I'm sorry, I came in late. Uh, somebody was talking about PR. And uh, one of the things that I didn't really talk about before was I have a lot of experience in getting media for different projects that either I've done personally and I've actually had a, like a multi-billion dollar public company reach out to me because they saw some of the media I got to help promote their stuff. Um, so if you can kind of catch me up on, on the yeah. PR angle of it, getting media, um, and is that like a service and how you would position that? If I can say like, I can get major media coverage for your company. Like I've been on CNN, all the local news, Fox News, Wall Street Journal, Fortune, Forbes, um, yeah. BBC, yeah. you name it. Well, Carson, actually, I'll let you take this one because you actually, this is this is like your whole free I offer. I might be more qualified to answer this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think you are. A little bit. No, um, at least for me, what I'm doing right now, because I don't know who you'd be going after in terms of your niche, but a lot of PR agencies, they're um, a little bit spammy in how they do their outreach. So it's very much, hey, do you want to get featured in Forbes? We can get you placed in Forbes. Like, that's really all it is. You more so have to lead in. You can lead in with the benefits, Lucas. I actually have tested this, but you mm -hmm. really need like a solid offer and you need a way to reduce the risk because like five of the people I've spoke to today, they literally said the only reason they're actually talking to me was because just like there's literally no risk working with you. I like I, yeah. I, I more so need to be convinced on why I like, should be featured versus like why it should be with you guys right yeah so like and the fact that you've been on a bunch of publications that's perfect and if you still have those connections that's awesome like that that's that's it's a win-win you've done it for yourself right you have if you have an offer right. and you have a good audience that's receptive well, to it I mean, how do you eliminate the risk is it your is your offer saying like i'll get you this many placements or what what do you what are your what is your offer that's eliminating the risk for them at least for me, I just do like pay upon completion. Like if I, if I don't get you and I would be freaking stupid to, I would be dumb to offer something like that. If I knew I couldn't deliver like Lucas for the past like six, 12 months, I've delivered for a bunch of the heavy players in like the money Twitter space. Like I love it. And I know for a fact I can get like virtually anyone everywhere. So, I mean, why not just send it? If I fail with like 3% of people, I really could care less. And yeah. it like it's gonna triple my purchase rate. Like it's just hundred million dollar offers formula. Yeah. I mean the thing is that a lot of people need to realize, and this is something that yeah, I mean, Alex Hermosi is definitely the architect of a lot of this because honestly, a lot of the stuff that I was doing, I realized I wasn't doing as efficiently because of reading a hundred million dollar offers. And I also realized that anything I had done well was be was basically because it was in line with the stuff that he talks about in that book. So I mean, it is a really amazing book, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, 
the reason capitalism works if it's done right. And there's a lot of instances where it's not done right. I think we can agree. But if it is done right, the promise of capitalism is it's kind of like a casino where like the house, you know, the house sets the rules and a casino, the house always wins and you're like always going to lose in the end. Right. But I think what's so unique about capitalism in theory is that um, you can win and they can win like both of you guys can win. And that's the you have to think about the structure of your offer in such a way where it's like uh, I, I don't like the word scheme because it's a very negative connotation. I don't want to use that word, but I can't really think of another word. But like you basically have to sketch out all these things and all these conditions that make the offer work. Right. So I don't know another word to use, but it's kind of like you have to think of those conditions. And then when you offer to the market, it may seem too good to be true to the other person. But it is it works because you've put certain conditions around it that make it work. And that's that's kind of why like a casino would be like, oh, you know, you can win all this money and then you keep betting. And obviously it's not the best way to run a business, I think, because you need to have both parties win in, in real life. But I think if in capitalism, you can reach that scenario in theory. And so if you can structure your business in such a way where the product is so good that it's it's conditionally set up where both parties win and it seems way too good to be true for the company. Because what Carson's so, saying is like, oh, yeah, go for it, Jason. What are you say? No, no, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say what Carson's saying is like he's taking the risk on his side of offering this on completion, but he knows that he is going to actually make up for it in the end because of increased volume. So again, I don't know if scheme is the right word because it's not a scheme in a negative sense, but it's like he had to plan this thing out and he knows that he's going to win and they're going to win because they get a better product and you get a better product or you get a better yeah. ROI, you know? By, by the way, I've noticed, I've noticed traveling around the world that in other English speaking countries, scheme does not have a negative connotation. Um, yeah. You know, they talk about scheme. Like if you go to the UK or if you go to, India scheme is used not in a negative way. Somehow in the U.S. it's become like a negative word. Yeah. But um, but anyway, Carson, what, so what exactly is your offer? Because what I was thinking about offering, if I go down this path, would be like, okay, you get five articles in major media or you don't pay, or you get 10 articles. Is that kind of along the lines of, of what you're talking about? Or what do you think um, of that? I would define it. I would define it a bit further with different criteria just because you can say I'll get you in five major media articles and then like you can get them like the definition of major is really up to interpretation. Like I could mm-hmm. like, for instance, I could get you on um, no offense, Lucas, like twiz.io or like <laughs> Forbes, you know, no offense taken. I couldn't think of anything else. I couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> no, you're, you're fine. No worries. I mean, that's that's a good a good comparison yeah so that's what you do and, and i'll say jason is there anything you want to ask because uh, i know uh, vice has been patiently waiting so i wanted to see if i can get him in here too before we hop yeah, off just so you know, carson is what's your website just wanted to check it out that's all yeah i'll, I'll dm it to you as actually i think it's my bio. no carson you gotta say yeah, there's, there's, all people listening. Yeah, there's all these people listening to the show you gotta say what the, the yeah, website I, is what i is don't it? know if like i just realized i I'm had DM spitz as my username instead of carson so yeah spitzsolutions.com Okay, yeah, the there plug. you go. Let's get that. Let's get people no, there. Plug, Spitz yeah. with a Z. Yeah. Spitz. Or oh, you're in Canada, right? Yeah. That's so awesome. It's a, Z. it's a Z there. SpitzSolutions.com. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks, Jason, for hopping up here. Appreciate you. And um, thank you. I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to leave because I'm going to be on the four o'clock uh, Zoom. Oh, the power hour. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And if anyone wants to hop in, join as a member too, um, to agency go, we, we guarantee revenue, your money back. So feel free. That's what Jason's part of. It's a, it's a fun little group. We got 450 agencies in there right now, but, uh, Vias, uh, let's hop into you. I know you had a question, uh, as, as well uh, from before. Did you want to add anything or ask anything? Yeah. Thanks, Lucas. My question was, so you've spoken a lot about SEO. Do you also do Facebook as part of the agency offering that you have? We, we don't do Facebook like content, but we do Facebook ads sometimes. But like I have a partner for it. I don't actually do it internally. We tried bringing it internally, but it was just a lot of operational uh, maneuvering. So we actually moved away from it. But I can help you with an offer on that if that's what you're asking. I think you're Sorry, muted. I missed an offer, but can you... Oh, I was just going to say, is, are you asking about how to like make an offer for Facebook ads? That's right. So a little okay. bit of a plot twist. I'm ex-meta and I run, I'm already beginnings of uh, setting up my own agency. So, so what's been your experience uh, when you talk about social to the same clients that you do SEO with? Mm -hmm. And what's, what's your general sense in terms of demand in North yeah. America? Well, I was, I will say that, um, you know, the promise of ads is that it's direct response. So you can get people results a lot quicker. Um, so you can set up your product in such a way where you basically, um, can get people to, so like, for instance, uh, we actually, so I will say this Twiz right now, we have a product where we basically have a pool of advertising for agencies and we run Facebook ads. So we don't like offer it directly as a service for their website, but we, broker off leads to agencies within our network. And we basically do run Facebook ads. Now, what we do, and I recommend this structure for all ads companies, because it's a much better business model, I think, is you start off with one page for one keyword, or one type of offer that you know works and meets at an apex of maximum customers, and maximum demand. And you just start with one offer. And then instead of marketing on their website, which introduces a ton of variability into the model and all these things that you can't prepare for because their website is a whole mess usually or like all these things to think about you actually advertise on your website and you just send the leads to them and that's like a huge aha moment for us because it creates um it removes the you know the the the, the potential uh risk for the client so instead of saying hey work with me on facebook ads i'll run you know, the minimum spend is $2,000. The retainer is $1,000 minimum, all that stuff, which just always turns people off. Um, you can say, okay, here's the thing. I already know these pages work. Like, let's say they do, I don't know. Do you have advice? Did you have like a kind of customer in mind that you were thinking of working with? Yeah, so I, I'm currently like doing an agency of agency uh, model. So mm -hmm. I, I think you mentioned this uh, during your conversation that you work with a lot of agencies as well. Mm -hmm. So as part of my work, uh, when I was at Facebook, uh, I used to work with a lot of performance agencies. Yeah. So now I consult them. So my audience is actually other agencies. Okay, got it. So let's say it's other agencies. This is literally, we got to talk because that's literally what I'm doing with the, with the Twiz website. You'll notice we have like 2,300 pages. But what we're doing is um, we are doing the model I'm describing. And I don't care if someone rips it off, like feel free to do it yourself. I think the more the merrier. Um, but the idea is that instead of going to these agencies and saying, Hey, let me run ads on your website. It's really hard to guarantee a performance-based outcome when there's all these variables. So I'm just going to pick a random agency type, for example, like, let's just say, 
I get leads for lead generation agencies. Like I help lead gen agencies get more leads, uh, which is a whole industry in and of itself. Um, instead of doing it on their site, which is probably not that good because their site probably isn't up to par, run ads for that to your site and then just pay them, pay them or have them pay you to, to broker that off to them. You know, that's, that's the model that works, I think, for performance-based because then you're literally just taking their money, you're giving them an immediate result because the leads are probably already coming in and they're happy. You don't have to worry about like a setup fee or any of this stuff. And then you don't even need to charge for the setup fee. You literally just start, right? So that's, that's what I would do. And then from there, you can expand out into hundreds of different keywords. Like we're, our plan is to expand out. We're doing about 13 different keywords right now. So we have individual pages for these different keywords. We're planning to expand out to tens of thousands like simultaneously that we're running ads for. So that's what I would recommend. Hopefully that helps. Oh, definitely helpful. Um, I have a bunch of other questions as well, but like you said, let's let's chat. And yeah, I, DM I don't me. Go, yeah, I don't want to go on a tangent and like sort of hijack the whole conversation. <laughs> so yeah. No, well, I'll say for everyone, just because I actually do have to wrap up here um, because I have a meeting at four, unfortunately, but um, we're doing these every Wednesday. At uh, I'm going to move it to 12 p.m. PST um, and I'll be doing promo for it and all that stuff. So if you guys want to hop in, there'll be another uh, scheduled uh, space. And if you have any topics you want to talk about too, feel free to uh, shoot me a message and we can think about that as one of the topics. But I loved having this conversation with people who hopped up. Very helpful to hear from you guys and hear what you guys have as questions. And again, if you need anything from me, feel free to let me know. And again, I'm, I am I am hiring some lead gen agencies right now and also looking for people who can provide leads to us on a performance basis. Um, or even on a retainer basis, I'm open to both uh, as I'm not like uh, being very stingy. If you want, uh, we're paying up to $10,000 a month for it. So if you know anybody who's good or you yourself do like lead gen and stuff, hit me up and we would basically pay you to help us get more leads for the marketplace because we are trying to be kind of like Amazon, but for digital marketing agencies. And so the plan is to just get tens of thousands of leads uh, for agencies and broker them off to the software that I built. So yeah. Hit me up, DM me, comment on this post if you want to be considered. But like, I'm looking to ramp that up heavily, um, heavily, heavily, heavily. So feel free to feel free to connect. Okay, thanks everybody who hopped in. Appreciate you guys. If you need anything, you know where to find me. All right, thank you.